Hello, RP people. Welcome back to another episode of Role Playing as Smart People, the podcast where we where we pretend. Blah, blah, fuck, man, I was on such good on <laughs> such a good streak, and I screwed it up today. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, joining me as always, I got Finder and Scott on Role Playing as Smart People because I don't know if I even got that part right. Um, <laughs> on today's episode, uh, we might talk about a few things depending on the time. Uh, but we're going to be talking about how to get inspiration from different medias and also what's just basically just stealing an entire <laughs> thing and throwing it in. There's no RPG that is coming out that is totally just doing that cough cough. But uh, we'll probably talk about that today. <clears throat> so to get it all started, Finder, what's your favorite media to go to in order to get inspiration? Um, that's a hard one to answer because I, it's all over the place. It's TV shows, it's movies, it's books, it's museums, like the, the setting I'm working on that started, that, that was a, started with a visit to a children's museum that was featuring like Africa and the Middle East. And that, that just got my ideas going on. Oh, you know what? I would love to be able to run a game where there are elephants in battle scenes and stuff. And it's kind of, well, <laughs> well, it's you're, Lord you're, of the you're, Rings. He's making Lord of the no, Rings. You're talking to a guy who does not get into Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, it, it took me, dude, it took me like five times <laughs> to re- finish The Hobbit. It took me even longer to finish Fellowship of the Rings. And I totally forgot that there's even elephants in the the middle earth battle scene technically elephants but yeah what do you mean the books or the movies because the books are boring as fuck yeah i said it uh well i as someone who's read the books the hobbit i found that was easiest to get into but then again it's a pretty short book yeah the first one as long as you skip the first 150 pages it's usually pretty good get past the camping and scene yeah right yeah i mean that's the thing like my bookshelf so there's a massive section where it's everything from Tolkien, his letters, <clears throat> all the books, uh, all the seventies writings about Tolkien about the world. So yeah, it's not like I, I hate it. I just I can call a spade a spade. Where it's just like yeah, the first hundred and eighty pages. It's you know I think they said it best in Clerks too. It's a fucking movie about walking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so for me, it's all over the place where I get my inspiration just to get us back on topic. Nice. Do you go more for visual stuff or for like anything else? Because I mean, I like I think you're you seem to be more visually oriented. Is that true? It, it, sometimes. So once I start getting into something, then visuals help with that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be visual for it to start. Sp- sparking the memory. So as an example, the museum, the the impetus for Forlorn Sea, the museum, what really fascinated me was the importance of salt and how that was like a really big deal uh, for this region. And I was like, you know what, what if, what if there was uh, a society where salt was the currency? And I mean, lo and behold, salaries, Derivative. I mean, that's like the the root of salary is salt. But anyway, um, it, it it was just that idea of salt that, and there was no visual for it other than reading the text that 
talked about how important salt was and all that sort of stuff in, in that particular region at the time. And from there, everything kind of just snowballed and like, well, this would be a lot of fun. So it doesn't have to be visual. Sometimes it's just the idea of the what if, what if this was like this yeah. um, sort of thing. And like Warren Corporate, the very first setting that I kind of wrote was based off of a conversation I had with my friend where we were talking about work and how it's interesting how much corporate America uses militaristic terms like hostile takeover and um, how a lot of people are, they recommend that you read Sun Tzu's Art of War and all that sort of stuff in the business world. And from there, I just, that generated the idea behind um, my War Incorporated setting, which is uh, kind of morphed into a pre-cyberpunk kind of setting. But that was just a conversation. So there's no visual at all for that one. That was just me having to come up with, oh, you know what? I I have all these different connections that I can make um, for for that particular setting. So visuals oftentimes have a stronger impact but they're not 100% required for the inspiration for me. Cool. Nice. Nice. So what about you, Scott? Where, where do you get most of your inspiration from? Uh, so I, well, so what are we talking about? I guess are we talk about like a campaign start or writing, like, you know, design, like settings and stuff like that. Um, I think hmm. those are the same. Maybe, you know, that's actually a good point because i think people do tend to get inspiration for specific things using different mediums um so let's say a campaign setting or a new rpg because you can really kind of both those can go the same way yeah sure so i don't know i will is something i'll catch my eye or i'll realize you know, again, in the, the hubris, I'll realize that there's a genre that isn't really doing what I want it to do. And that tends to be the impetus. Like this, the, the new setting that I'm working on is there's nothing that does it. There's a lot of things that think they do it, and but it just doesn't do it. I know it's real mysterious, but we're just because we're playtesting it and we're, we're doing that. But that's why I started designing that and like Task Force Raven there was the, um, you know, the the SCP stuff. But that's not really the same as Raven. That's it's just felt a little different. And you know, with Raven, it started out with what would you know Delta shooters or Navy SEALs do against Strahd von Zarovich, and then you know we just proceeded from there. Um, so that's kind of how it usually falls out. Like um, you know, OSNR, I wanted magic to feel visceral and like it mattered because in most games it just magic just doesn't doesn't matter it could be a it could be a a fucking dagger really for most most role-playing systems there's nothing special about magic um which i think why a lot of people like simba room you know because uh, it makes magic also matter and it gives it the the flavor that most people can't or won't but it also has a meaning of when you cast a spell and how you cast a spell and learning spells is dangerous so yeah and then again for neon blood i I wanted to be able to capture a cyberpunk setting and I wanted to do a couple of very specific things. And so I ended up building an entire role-playing game around it. And that's, you know, how do you represent 
the fast paced nature of, of a frenetic gunfight on top of someone being able to hack and how do you make that matter and make, make decisions count for the players that are in the middle of middle of the shit. And that's it. That's how I get the ideas for creating a new setting and stuff. And then from there we can talk about that in the, another portion of this. Nice. Yeah. And so you're, what made you, see, yeah, there's no way of saying it. I'll sound like a dick. You don't create anything. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you haven't written anything, Santis, but, but you're running, you're running rippers. So what made you want to run rippers? Cause what, what was the impetus for that? Well, and like you do create stuff to be fair people just don't know about it yeah so, and i i don't tend yeah, yeah, i yeah. tend to kind of no i know what you mean i know yeah, what yeah. you mean um well we see, we see a lot of it yeah i know <laughs> the no, world doesn't yeah although i got one that i think anyways um mm-hmm. well uh, where it sounds weird but like when i came up with rip like when i came up with my rippers campaign in reality the reason why I wanted to play it like wanted to run it is because it just looked fun. And a lot of times you have to like, well with fantasy, I, I kind of get, I'm not a huge fantasy person. I think that's kind of yeah a little bit obvious, but I saw all the elements that could be put into play while doing that. And while still having that focus on, it is still technically the real world. And while I was just like this, I feel like there's just too many options for me to really get bored of. If that makes oh. any sense. Yeah, and, no, but um, how I kind of come up with my own stuff, like I wish I could say it was like TV, like media, like movies and TV. But to be honest, most of the time it's just from like talking to people. And I really wish I could say that I get most of my ideas from media, but it's usually in conversations where someone will say something and something kind of clicks in my brain um, where I'm like, oh shit, well, this would be an awesome idea. Like, And then I kind of go from there. But I would also say images would also slightly help. But when I'm talking about... Oh, I know I'm all over the place right now. My mind has been fried, fried, by the way, guys. So anyone uh, listening? Uh, yeah, my mind is just absolutely fried. I've been working way too goddamn hard. Uh, <laughs> but um, when I'm creating, like, for instance, like when I'm creating characters, a lot of the times it's I, while I'm reading the rules and I'm finding out how the mechanics work, I get like little bouts of inspiration where it's like, oh, why don't I build it based off of sort of like off this mechanic and try and build a character that would be fun off that or off an edge or off of a hindrance. And I start expanding it from there. I always like taking the small ideas and expanding upon it and kind of growing it till it's a full fledged idea. Um, Like for instance, what I'm kind of writing right now, which I think, I think it would be, it would release as a zine, like a zine. What, how do you say it? Zine or zine? Zine. Zine. I say Zine. zine. Yeah. Because it's full, it's a shortened version of magazine. Uh, yeah, I kind of. Okay, it's also yeah. in a song from. Uh, oh, I want to publish zines and rage against the machine. I want to pierce my tongue. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Harvey Danger. Sorry. No, it's cool. It's cool. Fly um, is the name of the song. Yeah. <laughs> and with that one, I was like, with the one that I'm writing, I really wanted to figure out because I like creating unique things and. 
The setting itself, I wouldn't say is too unique, but the mechanics behind it, I really yeah. wanted to try and do something that's kind of cool. And I've actually gone through multiple iterations where I've gotten to a point where I realize I really don't really like how it's going. Ah. So, and then I kind of put it to the side and I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden it could be like, cause I I've mentioned something around this idea or around the mechanics that I have um, for a while now. And then all of a sudden something down the line, all of a sudden clicks and I'm like, this is what I could do with it. This is how I can make it better. And then I start working and I find it, what my issue is, is I start overcomplicating it and it starts getting overburdened and I don't like anymore. So then I kind of put it aside again until finally something clicks and I get rid of the excess and I keep going. So it's not a good process. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But also I for inspiration, they're either good nor bad. They, they are what they are. And yeah. Every yeah. writer has it differently. So, <laughs> well, the, it's, you know, though, the thing is inspiration can come from anywhere. Like the first novel that I wrote yep. came from the title of an album by a band name. So the band is ES Posthumous, however you want to pronounce it, because it's not spelled the same as posthumous or posthumous. <laughs> it's a really weird spelling, but it's a great band. Check them out. Uh, but they have an album called Cartographer. And that album title just sent my mind like reeling with ideas and an entire novel came out of that, just that title of that album. That's cool. Um, and, and so inspiration can come from anywhere. But one of the things that I think we may need to talk about is what's the difference between conversion versus inspiration versus derivative works? Because, because to me, the, the, they're all kind of in the same sandbox, but they're also the difference between a retelling and a reimagining of a story, mm -hmm. right? So, so like I can retell Agram's fairy tale or I can reimagine the entire thing. Like um, The Child Thief by Brahms. Mm -hmm. or that, that's, that's the guy's name, right? Brahms? Brahms? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, anyway, he wrote the book called The Child Thief, which is a reimagining of Peter Pan. And unless you knew that, you wouldn't. No, right. I right mean, yeah. And then, then you've got the Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman, which is also that's closer to being a retelling, but it's still technically a reimagining. But then you've got other stories where you've got like a true retelling of a fairy tale that's slightly different from what you hear as a child, sort of thing. So, so for our listeners out there, because I totally understand what all three of the ones are and how different they are, what are the differences between conversion, inspiration, and derivative works? Who are you asking? Uh, you brought it up, Finder, so. <laughs> okay, so for me, I see a lot of people that want to convert. Oh, there's mm -hmm. this game. I want to convert it to Savage Worlds, or I want to convert it to D&D. &D. <laughs> I want to do this, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you see that a lot. We yeah, just saw it this and, weekend on... Uh, on the Facebook group for Savage Worlds. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and then, yeah, and that's the thing is people want, we get this game system, and I, and I do the same thing, like Aeon Trinity from White Wolf, uh, now called uh, just Trinity or Aeon Continuum or something like that, yeah. uh, from Onyx Path. When I first read that game, the setting fascinated me. I'm like, this is really cool. 
there's stuff that I disagree with in the design. Um, there, there are things that I, I can't logically follow. I think that they, they like didn't think things completely through, especially in light of the Aberrant Wars. But anyway, that aside, after playing that, I wanted to do it in Savage Worlds because I love the setting enough that I wanted to convert it. So I took the entire setting and I just moved it over to a Savage Worlds um, rule set, uh, which to me is fairly easy. Uh, it's amazing how many people find that difficult, but um, <laughs> well, we can talk easy. about why, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because they want to convert every little aspect of it rather than one, just one to one. Yeah. And, yep. and, and you don't need to. It's yep. like, you know what the world looks. You know what the world looks like. How it's supposed to feel. Just run with that. Yeah. Um, inspiration to me is like what we've been talking about. Uh, I take this idea and it spins up its whole new, uh, a whole new idea in and of itself. It is its own thing. It may have seeds from the original inspiration, um, but it, it's not that thing. Um, and nor is it a conversion of that thing. And then yeah. derivative works would be like um, Big Apple Sewer Samurais yeah. or yep. Savage Worlds, yeah. where it's basically you take uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you file the serial numbers off, and you rechange the title, and you've now got this derivative work that's based on uh, another work that's out there, but we don't have the rights to that. So now. they just want to kind of benefit off of it without actually having to pay any licensing fee yeah well yeah well yeah but i mean sometimes you can't get that licensing fee because some companies are just defunct or they're myopic and they just don't understand you know like tmnt was written in palladium and uh symbiota is never gonna let that shit go uh he did it for riffs and everyone's hopeful that he sees the fucking value of that and everyone else would look around and be like oh you know, like what freely with fifth edition, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of those sorts of games, at least in Savage Worlds. I can't speak to other game systems, but in Savage Worlds, you got that big Apple Sewer Samurais. You had uh, Slipstream, which was Pinnacle's kind of nod to uh, Flash Gordon before <laughs> they got the rights to Flash Gordon. Yeah. You have... Um, Oh, what's the one that's like the knockoff of G.I. Joe? Oh, uh, Freedom Force? Freedom Squadron, Squadron. Freedom Squadron, yeah. And then you got Sprawl Runners. Right? Yep, Sprawl Runners, yeah. uh, which is a nod to Shadow Run. Yeah. Um, and really so good, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with uh, what they've done, but Savage Worlds for some reason seems to inspire a lot of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of those start out with like the idea of doing a conversion. But then, hey, let's let's publish this kind of like and it starts uh, expanding what, Fifty Shades, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, to me, it's it's interesting, and it's also interesting to me how many people draw inspiration from like newspaper clippings and things like that, like in the Facebook yeah. group for Savage Worlds. Yeah. Hey, here's an idea for Deadlands. I'm like, why has got to be Deadlands, dude? <laughs> that is annoying as fuck. <laughs> Just like well, feral pigs not to be Deadlands. It's fucking yeah. modern day <laughs> exactly play, play something else deadlands is the dungeon and dragons of fucking savage worlds it is absolutely 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 yeah. uh, and i like deadlands i mean don't get me wrong i love deadlands but couldn't give a fuck about deadlands <laughs> come on man do deadlands I, with elves 
I just yeah, you know, <laughs> Myth America just... needs to be a thing, but it's just in my heart, it's like like I'm I'm doing a book for you people who are just lazy and or <laughs> ignorant. <laughs> So uncreative. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, have you ever seen derivative work where you've honestly just looked at it and been like, dude, seriously, like this is just a cash grab ripoff. Oh, daily. Simba room fifth edition. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And you know, the sad thing about that though, is all of the cool flavor that was in the magic system for Simba room. Yeah completely lost when they moved yeah. it to fifth edition because they <laughs> went with the straight up five E spells. Yep. And I'm like, Oh man, that's so sad. Yeah. It's, there's just, you can't do that with something. Oh, you could have actually, it's just, that is probably a step f- too far for most D and D people, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'd look agree. at, you know, fourth edition changed the face of things. Again, we were talking about fourth edition earlier, but you know where everyone can do something fun and cool it's just where i think fourth edition did it really fun fifth edition just carried it to an extreme and it's just like oh now people expect shit and you can see it in all the actual plays and listen to the things but yeah yeah man you're not wrong i don't know what else what was another derivative that i've I've rolled eyes on that i'm not trying to think now well i got one that you guys showed me and i was kind of what is almost slightly annoyed do you want to say it on the air? What is it? Don't be scared. Yeah, I'm totally fine. Uh, it's the Savage Worlds uh, Pine Box Middle School, a.k.a. pretty much ETU oh. High School. And I think the reason why it kind of annoys me is because, yeah, they're they are making like they're trying to pretty much recreate an, an RPG into their own system. But mm-hmm. I feel like they're almost punching down because the RPG that they're ripping off is yeah. an indie rpg like it's the what is it kids with bikes especially yeah. since they just released the second their second edition right now is on kickstarter and yeah. i'm kind of looking at that i was like i almost feel like it almost feels dirty to me because if it, if it was ripping off something of a company that has a lot of money or something like that i'm totally like whatever it's not going to affect their bottom line but when you're messing with a small indie it just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, and to be fair, that setting already exists. That genre. Within Savage Worlds. The, yeah. you got the Monster Hunter Club, which is a kids on bikes type of game. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so the sad thing is what, what they've done now is they've put it into their ETU universe as like the kids that would eventually end up going to ETU, it seems like. Um, And the sad thing is Pinnacle will do a lot better with that setting, Yep. which will take sales away from Monster Hunter Club, which a lot of people love. I mean, I I hear, I read things on the Facebook group quite often about Monster Hunter Club. Yeah. Um, And so it's sad that, yeah. You just did what? I'm sorry. I just, oh, sorry. I just, we stepped on, I stepped over you. I I just ordered the, the physical copies and stuff of it. Oh, cool. Was, yeah, yeah, I was I, doing an actual play, and the GM was a first-time GM, but 
she runs a really good fucking game. Was <laughs> <laughs> just like, nice. what witchcraft is this? I'm trying to fall asleep <laughs> to some boring shit. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Her game was really good. Her shit's who, on who's point. the GM? Who, who's uh, the GM? Give, me, give a give a shout out to him. Yeah, let me pull her name up. I didn't even think about that. And I don't want to fuck it up. But you know, I, what caught my ear was she was like, hey, it's the first time GMing. And um and then her players were awesome. They were talking about, oh, no, don't worry about it. And it was their first time go, kind of going through it. And um, uh, Candace the Magnificent is what it's listed as. And she, uh, Carl Kiesler knows her because she mentions that in the video. That's what caught my ear. And I kind of was like, oh, hold on now. Uh, you know, I, you know, someone who Carl's interacted with or she's played at Carl's table. I, I don't I don't really fully know. But, yeah, she runs a really good game. If the channel is um, – well, if you want to do that, it's Todd Moonbounce. If you just Google uh, Monster Hunters Club Savage Worlds, it's like the only, sadly, it's the only actual play that exists. But they did quite a few sessions. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I never bought the game because it never, or that setting because it never interested me. But that would be another derivative because yeah. that's also kind of a nod to Stranger Things. That's that's when it came out after like the first season of Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Here's what I'm looking for. Oh yeah. So Monster Hunter Club came out a year after Kids on Bikes. Oh, so that was probably their own derivative work. Well, well to be no, fair, what know, Rich no. said is Stranger Things, the, the, the whole idea of middle school children solving shit is just... Not necessarily you know, new. And I think it was yeah. close enough to the release yeah. of Stranger Things for you to really kind of give it that... Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of grace period. Yeah, yeah. So in other 100%. words, Savage Worlds is not only, or Pinnacle is not only stealing from one of their own creators, oh it's God. also stealing from an original. They're not like from. from they're not stealing. <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, I'm just being a dick now, come on. I think it'd be a really cool setting just because it's Pinnacle doing it and they just have a panache when they do, Yeah. especially when it comes to horror. There's and, one thing that Pinnacle does very, very well and it's horror. Agreed. And to be fair, they usually like to put a nice little twist in every single one of their settings. Yeah. 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 So I, sh- I shouldn't be so negative about it because I do know like. But the, I mean, the, the sad thing is, though, I mean, like if Monster Hunter Club were to kickstart now, they would probably pull in somewhere between two to five thousand dollars. A really good one may pull in. It, well, and I say sh- I shouldn't say good because there's a lot of really good studies that don't do this. Yeah. But a really successful Kickstarter, we'll put it that way, for a Savage World setting that is not by Pinnacle, I think the most I've ever seen has come close to ten thousand. Yeah, Pinnacle's yeah. lowest is always in the uh, twenty thirty thousand range. Yeah, that's that's their lowest. Yeah, that I see. And so that's that's the sad thing is like I wish more people would get behind some of the aces that publish stuff because there's some really cool stuff that comes out, but because it's not pegged, they don't get the they don't get the love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just something a little interesting because I was looking up uh, with the kids on bikes second edition being on Kickstarter, they've currently raised one hundred twenty three thousand. Yeah, yeah, they're crushing it. So yeah. No, I'm kind of glad. It's there. It's, yeah, it's an indie darling. So I was oh, like, yeah. there's a new Apocalypse World game that's on right now, and I don't know how it's doing, but I assume it'll skyrocket fund. Well, what system does Kids on Bike use? Bikes. 
Is, uh, it, is it its own system? Yeah, that's I what I thought remember. too, but I could be wrong. I've never played it, so I have no zero interest in playing kids on bikes. No, yeah, I mean, they're, um, to be honest, even like the ETU Pine Box one, I'm not really interested. I have no interest in playing a child. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. That's why I think the actual play is really cool because they are younger players already, and but they really do a good job of capturing specifically for kids who weren't alive or, you know, young adults or I'm not really sure what age group they are, but they all seem like they're, you know, younger Gen Z. And it's like they capture the feel of an 80s kid pretty well. I'll give them credit to their parents who are Gen Xers. who probably raised them correctly. So <laughs> they just look at all the shit in the closet and all the movies and stuff. And it's just like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> Hence the inspiration, right? Back, back to our main topic. <laughs> please we never stick to our main time we don't we don't but it's just it's one of those things but that's that's to to that point is yeah i mean that's what i'm doing like i'm burning through i'm burning through a couple of different uh horror or horror investigative shows for the etu game and then on my side gig i'm i'll watch uh, I'm rewatching like Space Above and Beyond and Babylon. Such a 5. cool show. Yeah, I love Space Above and Beyond was so fucking good. Um, well, where are you watching that, by the way? Because I'm trying to find it again. I'll show you where it's. If you were to open up the YouTube's. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, see. It. I hate watching stuff on YouTube because I hate commercials. <laughs> well, if if you have Firefox, you know. There's extensions. <laughs> <There's problems. laughs> I have Firefox, but I hate watching things on my computer. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can pretty much watch it wherever you want it, if you really be honest about it. it. Just depends on what you want to do. Enough said. Yeah. Anyone like 50 Fathoms? <laughs> but yeah, so, but yeah, that's where I'm watching is on YouTube. All the episodes are on there. You can't really, you can't buy it digitally. You can no. buy DVDs, which I'm not going to buy because I live in the fucking 21st century. <laughs> you know, and that's 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 the other thing that pisses me off nowadays. It's like it's hard to find some of those older shows. Yeah, like, like I want to find Invisible Man because I used to love that TV oh, yeah, show, man. And for whatever reason, Sci-Fi just refuses to release that on anything other than the first season on DVD. I wonder <laughs> like, if it's copyright or IP because of something that was going on. It could be. But yeah, I hear you. It's like people act like these, these fucking companies like, oh, we can't do this. Like, bitch, I, when I was coming up in the early 2000s, there was uh, any any DVD is the name of the program. Yeah. And it just ripped DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's real. It's easy. The technology exists. Quit being yep. stupid. We don't need it in ten. We don't need it in four K. We just need the we need the videos. Like, I'll yeah. give you the forty dollars for Space Above and Beyond right now. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like I, I bought the DVD of season one for Invisible Man just because I wanted to watch it. And then I had to go buy a freaking DVD player because it's like, who has that anymore? Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, fuck, I guess I might want to keep the old Mac around. <laughs> Turn into a DVD player. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. This is crazy. Yeah, inspiration, derivative works. So on the Facebook group, we were talking about this. We can have a conversation because I think a lot of people do this and even folks who are listening probably go through this. And I, I, 
So if if you're new to Savage Worlds, and I'll stick to Savage Worlds for this because Savage Worlds seems to be the one that attracts this the most, there is new players have this overwhelming urge to do what Rich said is to convert one to one, and I don't know why. And they kind of get pissy when you talk to them. Like the one dude was really cool, but he was just like, "Well, your advice is too late." Because I was he was asking about converting uh, the Vesk from Starfinder. And inside, I'm like, you should just wait about four months. But <laughs> um, if you can't wait for that, uh, you know, was, he was all these questions about strength and the, the hardy. And it was just like, dude, these things already exist. And he's like, oh, really? Where? You know, I doubt that. And I was like, uh, the main book, the fantasy companion, last parsec, science fiction companion. I was like, all the, it's all been done for you. They're called Sora, Saurians or whatever the fuck the lizard people are. Like, you're done. Or a Minotaur and just reskin it. Because that's the big brute or a half ogre. It's like, and that's the big thing with with Savage Worlds is you want to do trappings for everything, you know. A teleporter or a transporter from Star Trek is just a teleportation device. That's it. It casts teleport. Yeah, and you're done. You know, of the Vesk are just Minotaur stats, and that they look like lizard people. You're done. <laughs> you know, it's that easy. It's thirty. Yeah, it's not exactly the hardest. No, and it's like, well, what if I'm missing this special ability? Okay, well, you had the special ability. And for the love of God, stop counting fucking points. Oh, my God. That is the worst thing I think they've done in Sway or in Savage Worlds in general. Is You know what I'm talking about, the point the point creation for species? Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Rich, did you use that when you were making your stuff? Did we lose Rich? I did actually. No, you did not. I was speaking okay. in a mute. <laughs> oh shit! So you use that? I don't ever use it because I couldn't give a shit less. There's no such thing as balance in Savage Worlds. There's not. Although people seem to be really concerned about it, which is why I <laughs> use it. <laughs> like they're not going to look at the shit up because it's like you make up names for things and it's just like what ability is you that? say that you. <laughs> you say that. But on the Facebook group, I saw a guy ask about hey. Uh, I noticed this here is at four points, and people are always talking about the difference between Savage Worlds Pathfinder, or I should say Pathfinder for Savage Worlds, since that's the official title. Pathfinder for Savage Worlds versus the Fantasy Companion. And everybody's like, well, you got to be careful because the Pathfinder, or they say Savage Worlds for Pathfinder, races are four points, and the ones the Fantasy Companion are two points. And so there will be a slight balance issue there. So people are really concerned about balance. Jesus well, Christ. It's, it's the same thing for, um, what is it, uh, Super's Companion and Necessary Evil, where it's yeah. like there's the points are valued differently, but people like, I don't know, people get a little nuts on that kind of shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's real weird. There's no such thing as balance. I know people are going to argue. They don't want to hear it. I'm telling you there's no such thing as balance. That's why a heroic... Have we had that conversation yet? have. You can have a veteran... Okay group with a novice and the novice is going to be oh fucking k you know this is the same yeah. conversation when people discover dungeon world and they're like the dragon has 16 fucking hit points that's fucking ridiculous how could that happen i was like because there's things in the game called fucking tags you might want to learn what they are and how they function that's how a dragon has 16 hit points you know what's more important about the dragon not spending five fucking hours fighting a fucking dragon but what the dragon can do to you and the terror can break into your character's hearts and the odds that they may actually get some solid blows in and bring a dragon down without spending 36 fucking days at the table. <laughs> That's what's fun about role-playing games. Yeah. Fucking crazy. I, I agree. I mean, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. Let, 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 let the heroes have fun. Yes. That's what I say. What the fuck do you care? You're the dungeon master. You could kill everyone at the fucking, every character at the table if you so chose. Uh, give me a dexterity save. Uh, DC of 35. Uh, rocks fall, everyone <laughs> dies, apparently. We're done. I mean, it's that easy. It's just like, well, I don't want to overwhelm it. Okay, well, you'll you'll be fine. Don't don't you know? Follow the old advice: two extras per per wild card plus two. That's how many extras that your character sh- could can handle comfortably. Yeah, and it gives everyone something to do, and you're going to overwhelm them. Then you start using fanatics, and you have a really good time. Then you use uh, Hardy, and you start mixing other shit in, and you can really, really start turning up dials and turning down dials. You know, but please stop converting one to one. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's such a waste <laughs> of time. <laughs> oh god so out of curiosity for you guys um yeah. what would you how what would you classify as like something like inspiration instead of you know because we've talked about derivatives and conversion so what really puts inspiration into its own league opposed to the other two or not league but you know like into its own definition I think I touched on that, but that mm-hmm. is for me is when you see something and it just sparks an idea that could be completely unrelated. For example, that music album title cover spun an entire urban fantasy novel. And it's not based on that album. All yeah. it was was that one word cartographer that generated all these other ideas about a story in general. For like Dot on on the Discord, she talked about images for her. Mm-hmm. That image cannot derive anything other than it sparks ideas in her head that she then presents. She will never create that image in her game, even if she wanted to, because the players have autonomy to some yeah. degree, right? Or yeah. they have agency, I suppose I should say. And so it's not going to end up like that picture, but that picture got ideas going in her head for the story yeah um and and that sort of thing so so that to me is what inspiration is is when it when you have something you take input from somewhere and it generates a life of its own yeah 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 and i don't know i i have trouble like i i'm jealous of her because she actually can get a lot of inspiration just from a simple image i find i have trouble getting inspiration from a singular image like she has that writing prompt where she puts on our discord every single day and i'm like some days i'm like that's such a cool image and i sit there sitting for like five minutes trying to think of some way to write it i just sometimes it's just so damn hard see and i wish i had more time to do stuff because i would write some i I would write some stuff for some of her for some of those images but yeah i'm like I could do that or I could work on my setting and I should yeah. probably work on my setting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no offense to anyone, but yeah, I've got so much shit in the, so many pokers in the fire. Yeah. But yeah, like East Texas university, that's a total inspiration because there's nothing yeah. you can say it's directly derived from. It's not a conversion of anything. I, I, you know, I, I, I agree. Although to me, I still think of it as Scooby-Doo. See, and I think I it's how it's presented is good. I think people yeah. mischaracterize that. I think people misplay the setting when they run it. I kind of see it almost inspired by shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
Agreed. Oh, it's a hundred percent inspiration from that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's not derived. It's 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 not it, it, it's not Buffy. It's definitely not Buffy. I agree. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. It's like it's got these tinges of of Buffy, of supernatural. X Files. X Files, a little Scooby Doo, and it really depends on where you take it, you know. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of people who they run it silly, and I don't know why, because it should be terrifying. I've got a theory on that though, and I, I think I mentioned it on the uh, on our Discord as well. But uh, I I think it's the same reason that Marvel outperform dc mm, in yeah. recent years and that's because dc goes full in and dark and the world we live in is already dark and so let's have something a little bit lighthearted so that i can enjoy this and i think that's why people i mean even your D games right i mean there's yeah. that that meme of how your party starts out or how, how your D party starts out and it's the fellowship of the ring and how it ends up is Monty Python. And that's because we want to laugh. We want to have a good time. And if everything is dark all the time, I play to escape reality. Yeah. And even on that, I think it's when you're there to have fun, like you can try and be grim and dark and still have fun. But when you're having fun, you tend to make jokes. You tend to be a little bit more slapstick you tend to do these things because they're entertaining and because you're everyone's laughing and having a good time to it and i think it would be really hard to run etu where you're playing as a bunch of college students as something that is serious continuously well you don't want to i mean good storytelling you have to have that break that is why even in your horror films there are more, there are moments of levity. Oh yeah. And it's because it makes the horror, if you don't have the contrast, it, it all becomes gray. Yeah. And so you have to have something to contrast with it mm. and say, Oh, this is life. And now this is scary as hell. Yeah. And that's, you know, you, you, I guess I'm not, you, know, you, you, you can definitely have humor, but a lot of, a lot of, with a lot of actual plays and a lot of feedback on ETU is nothing but slap dick tickle fucking silly. Yeah. And I don't understand that. It should never, I mean, if you want to play it that way, it's fine. But I, I've gamed with Ed Wetterman and that's not how he wrote it and it's not how he plays. He does put a little bit of levity into how he, how he comes off of things. Yeah, you know, but it's this. It's like you said. It's the snarky comments. Like the game we played with him was, uh, went to a frat party and this kid was uh summoning a, a demon or some shit through punch. I, I forgot it was a curse or something. And you know we were getting ready to do it, and like you know Ed was playing uh jock and was making kind of snide comments here and there. And, you know, and my fucking character fucking tried to access Siri to how to unsummon a demon. So there's those small moments. But we never once were like, like we had to get some items for a, a ritual because rituals in ETU work a little bit different. They actually work really well. And I didn't like, I had to go find, we had to separate. And so I was going to a museum and it was like, I didn't go to the museum and be like, I punch the teacher in the dick. And then I <laughs> slap the guard in the mouth and I say, suck my balls. You know, chuck, 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 chuck. no, I'm like, oh, I'm an 18 year old kid. I'm about to get fucking shit hammered if fucking it, this happens. Um, you know, if I get caught doing this, so 
That makes sense. Again, it comes back to the last episode of just play the fucking game. <laughs> I'm trying to be fucking difficult and different when you do some of these things. Yeah. Be inspired. Jesus wept. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I get that. Like, I'm going like with the, I don't know if I could call it setting, but the game that I'm working on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, I'm I'm trying to make um, a heist game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and. I even in my mind thinking about it, I'm like, I'm not trying to make this to be a game where it's like, oh, funny hijinks where it's like, you know, you just pull off the most zany kind of stunts like Disney style with Acme. I'm not trying to get a game like that, but I am still inspired by like uh, like Ocean's Eleven, like the original one sure. uh, with the Rat Pack or, you know, even the newer ones or any kind of even heist games like payday two, I want to try and somehow capture that feeling of planning and prepping and the tension of the heist leading up to it. And then during the heist and kind of that risk of Mm -hmm. everything falling apart. And I'm like, just listening to you guys talk, especially with, making it like you know how a lot of people make things slapstick i'm just like would mine end up turning into something like that i don't know it's a play I, I think it depends yeah, yeah. I, I agree it depends on the players yeah like now i, I, I will it. say oh go ahead go ahead no go ahead i i was just gonna say one, one area it seems like what what i find a lot is conversion and derivatives happen mostly for um settings mostly that's not to say that that, that's exclusively but i think where inspiration comes into play most frequently for rpgs is in adventures because you may see something that there may be a scene in a tv show or in a movie you're like oh that would be so cool to play out in a game and then you develop an entire adventure around being able to do that one aspect of that show so you're not recreating that entire show yeah you just want to have this one puzzle or this one scene where this thing happens and i think that was like the other scott on discord uh talked about how most of his inspiration comes from i think it was like tv and movies but it was around adventures and that to me makes sense is (laughs) a lot of times the inspiration is for an adventure whereas the conversion and derivatives are more for the setting yeah like I, I'm even actually just thinking like my first, uh, my Rippers campaign, the first mission. Whether I like to admit it or not, I'm pretty sure I was inspired a lot off of a couple of supernatural episodes. Oh sure, there's some yeah. there's good shit to mine for, for horror. I mean, yeah, as long as you stick to the first five seasons. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, some of the ideas, yes. you know, are very solid, and you know. It depends on what you do with it. You know, there's if you're watching some things like horror isn't always about the monsters. You know, horror is usually about kind yeah, of a right. discussion about humanity. It's true. And that's why it's fun to throw shit in there. And, you know, like with ETU, we're doing like the good thing about ETU is we're 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 doing we're going to do kind of how it's presented. But then we're not just going to do that because I have tons of what well, you guys saw your your fucking freshman schedule. I had there's so many fucking things that I have planned for you guys. Yeah. And it's just a lot of those are never straightforward. It's scare your college kids and you're going to have to answer 
some hard questions about when the shit you're experiencing. And mostly it's just to see how everyone handles at the table because you all have a different role playing style. And I'm genuinely curious. And I, I get, I've been getting a lot of inspiration from some of the stuff that I'm consuming. And it's just like, Oh, cool. I, there's a general idea and I wonder how they would handle it. And here's how I would have to do it for ET to make it make sense in the setting. Well, and, and you know, the one thing that I think is difficult here is, and speaking specifically about ETU is my entire RPG background is there is a monster and you fight it and you defeat it immediately. Yep. There's the, the monster reveal where the characters break apart from that monster and research how to defeat it Mm -hmm. and get away from it is not something that is in my head frequently because usually in past games, and I'm not saying this is with your necessarily with your games, um, but in all of my years of playing, usually if you try to run away from the monster, the monster pursues and the fight continues oh, until, yeah. until somebody's dead. And if you want to have a game like Supernatural, you have to get away from that monster so you can research how to defeat it. And then you go back and have the big showdown later on. Because that investigation is the part is the main part of that show, but the 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 way most gamers are is monster fight defeat yep. or die. Yeah, and and that's one thing that like in one of our gaming groups we told this guy wanted a jam for the first time. We told him like, don't expect us to run away because we're not going to run away. That's just not how we've ever played. Yeah, um, I do that a little bit more now. Yeah, but. Yeah, that, that'll can, be the thing I think is hard for me with ETU is to remember I gotta run away. Yeah, and there's you can so and that's like Call of Cthulhu is good with for reminding people because it's like oh you're gonna fuck around I'll just destroy your characters. Congratulations, we'll do like a prequel, and I think I do advise people to kind of do that is like run a prequel with some pregens and then just have the evil just murder the fuck out of all those pregens <laughs> to set the tone. Be like. You're not going to fuck around in this setting because you are not going to succeed. And so that will either lead to we're going to quit because nobody wants to not be the fucking murder hobo or you're going to learn and you'll adopt new ways of role playing. And you'll be like, what is there? Oh, there's a possible mummy. Let's go investigate the museum. Hold on, bitch. Maybe let's learn about mummies first. You know, and that's that's the style that you start to adopt when you do horror and investigative games. Even Task Force Raven is that way. You know, you, you played it rich and it's like you can get deployed, but you're also building that intelligence. So when you hit boots on the ground, there will come a time where you're like, hey, these bullets just go right through these guys. OK, we should get the fuck out of here. And we had to exfil. And now we have to plan and figure out how to, how to do this. Yeah. And, you know, like there was like I said, that one dude was like, oh, the operators you made are way too powerful. They're going to walk through shit. And the very first play report was like our whole fucking team got wiped out. <laughs> so you know because they stood around on the beach and decided to try to murder a vampire with fucking lead that's not how vampires work <laughs> so good luck with that you know. uh, but yeah so and that it really is it really you really do but you're not wrong it's 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 tough training people and then that also goes in the different direction i told you guys about my wife and the other folks i, I ran cthulhu for and it was just like few folks had died because they got the best their curiosity got the best of them one thought he could you know kick the sorcerer in the dick and that turned out really poorly <laughs> and then uh the two little the two ladies were left my wife and her friend and it was like all right what do you you know so here's what's happening I'm like yeah okay like you guys aren't gonna 
try to stop this. You know, why the fuck would I go in that? Fall? I'm not going in that fucking basement. There's obviously something down there. And that was it. That was the end of the game. You know. So again, it's the conceit of the game. It's it's I again. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Play the fucking game. Yeah. You don't go to uh, college. You don't go into Call of Cthulhu making a fucking soldier. Everyone does it when they come from D&D and they're like, I'm going to punch Cthulhu in the balls and win. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not going to punch a ghoul in the balls and win. But that's okay. (laughs) Now, you know, I will say that that's one thing that I think is fun about like Coriolis. Uh, Freely does a really good job of here are maybe three ways that this adventure could go. Yeah, and they said there there could be more, but here are outcomes if it goes this way, and here's an outcome if it goes this way, and here's an outcome if it goes this way, and make sure that your players find out about how these things play out. Like if they decide, like in that Call of Cthulhu game, there would have been a blurb in there that says if they decide not to go in the basement, then this happens, and you make sure the players know that because that is the result of you. Now all these there's a hundred people who are dead now because you didn't go in and try and stop this thing. Yeah. Or that's whatever. In, that's definitely in the books. It tells you like, Hey, if oh, they cool. sit around and fuck off, then here's what happens. And a lot of it is, unfortunately, if they sit around and do nothing, then the events go down like they're supposed to. And everyone dies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Cause you know, you're dealing with, you know, fallen gods and shit. <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah, man. And then, you know, and it's not to railroad people either. It's not like, oh, you have to investigate. But it's just like, again, the conceit of the game is you're going to go and make bad decisions just like a horror movie. Yeah. You know, ETU, you guys are going to have to make really dumb fucking decisions as teenage kids. And if anyone is, has listened to the last episode, um, we've made a few. Uh, nothing like the one that happened last week. I'm actually afraid my character is going to die at the beginning of the next episode. I mean, I'm, it's it's completely on on you guys. You know that, like, you know, like you guys kind of fucked sure. around and found out. Yeah, like, I just oh. want to make sure that guy's al- okay. I don't know if he's alive or not. No, I mean, I don't. Yeah, but you know, but that's the conceit of the game. Is like I know, and you guys all, you guys know too. There'll be weird shit because ideally you'd be like, okay, after this all goes down and we, we it, you know, this scenario ends, the realistic thing to do is be like, fuck this school. I'm going the fuck back home. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> back to Canada. You're, right, but you're not. Yeah. You're all going to continue as students at East Texas University. You're going to continue yeah. to experience the supernatural. Because it's Against our, yeah. you know, yeah. better judgment. Yeah, 100%. And again, that's I, that's, and for players, back on the topic of inspiration, if you're playing in a game like fantasy is so easy, right? I, it's, that's fucking easy. You can watch Lord of the Rings and be like, oh, they're my inspiration. But like if I you have, your, if you're playing a horror game, watch some horror movies. Get an idea of like, oh, you know, don't just sit there and be like, that was fucking stupid. Yes, 100%. Yes, but also watch really good horror movies to be like, oh, this is creepy and this is a, I see the response written in. Like, and if you're a GM, definitely watch it. Like, which is a solid movie. It's a horror movie. And at the end, by the by the time he starts ramping up, you're just like, those fucking little kids are talking to fucking Black Phillip, who's a goddamn goat. And I'm pretty convinced Black Phillip is the, is the devil. <laughs> Which movie is this? Witch. Witch. Witch? Okay, I uh, wasn't too sure if you were just saying witch or no, like no, no, witch. a witch. With the two Vs for the W. Like, 
as it should be. Yeah, really good, really good. Fucking terrifying, goddamn. Well, that terrifying, like Exorcist, terrifying. But like when you let yourself get soaked into it, you're just like, this is unsettling. Oh, you know. know. You know, take a look. Uh, yeah, having trouble finding some horror movies for this season, so yeah, there you go. Take but a look at that. Do that, like Coriolis. You know, if I were to play Coriolis, I've already got a little kind of like a playlist ready to go for you know movies and TV shows. Oh, it has that Anna Taylor Joy lady in it. She creeps me out. Well, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you know, Scott, you bring, up, you bring up an interesting point because I, when we talked about this, this topic for discussion, mm-hmm. I was approaching it as a GM. Oh, yeah. But players can definitely, well, okay. I suppose I should say, I've got a friend who does a derivative character every single time. <laughs> Seriously. He's got Everyone a Joe Dirt character. Yeah. yeah. He, he's got a Joe Dirt. He's got a um, <clears throat> Crichton. He's got a, you, you name it. And, oh, wow. and I'm like, I'm like, dude, come on, man. But yeah. but like when I was a kid, my inspiration, I always played elves mm-hmm. uh, in my D&D games. And the main reason was because of the elf in Hawk the Slayer. Oh, yeah. That's a cool elf, though, man. That's an elf. <laughs> that, that is a cool. Because he's not an elf that looks like a fucking human with pointy-eared costumes on. Right. <laughs> well, and, and he was like Machine Gun Kelly. Yes. <laughs> not, not, right? not, not, not the musician. And I use the term musician. Right. Too, so. And do you know Hawk the Slayer? Between Hawk the Slayer and my own experience as an archer is the reason that OSNR, the bows are designed the way they are. 100%. That's cool. I didn't yep. know that. Yep. Now, I do wish they would have gotten a better character for the villain. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, I, I, I like Vance Plants, but. Botan. <laughs> I was back in the age when you could just say shit that you may have picked up from mythology somewhere and most people were fucking, you know, room temperature IQ and they're not going to know. Now it's like everyone's uh, fucking three minutes on Wikipedia and everyone's a goddamn g- genius. I'm like, oh, that name sounds familiar. Google, Google, Google. Oh, you stole this. I'm not Volta infiltrates his father's castle and demands the key to the ancient sea. I, I just read the wiki and I, yeah, I know. See. I know. You gotta exactly see the movie Hawk is. the Slayer. It's on Tubi for free. Uh, yeah, yeah, dude, Hawk the Slayer so is good. so good. <laughs> and that's probably nostalgia talking. No, I just watched it not too long ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was going on a fantasy game and I was like, I want to watch Hawk the Slayer again because it's the fucking fantasy. Because it's, you know. You know what I loved about that movie was like the forest had spider webs all over the place. And like I I, I went camping out in the desert and there was this one section where there was literally spider webs all over the mesquite and everything. I'm like, dude, I'm like in Hawk the Slayer now. It was so awesome. Yeah. People. Yeah. It's like, uh, like I said, sometimes when we go on hikes and stuff, I'll, I'll GoPro a lot of the trails or some interesting shit that I see so I can break stills down and then, like use those for players oh, yeah. who I know don't probably get outside a lot or don't go hiking or ocean swimming or any shit like that. I'm like, here's what the ocean, if you've never been out in the middle of the, of the ocean at like, you know, in the middle of the ocean where there is no fucking land for thousands of miles, the yeah. ocean is not the same color you think it is. 
It is the most beautiful of blues, and it's an incredibly difficult color to describe. That's cool. Yes. The ocean is gorgeous way far away from people. (laughs) Now, I I will say, Scott, just uh, like you, I also have taken pictures of, like, there's this this rundown house near near where I live. Yeah. And, like, that would be the coolest haunted house. And so I grabbed that picture. I I took out my phone, like, snapped that. When I was in Arizona, there were places I'm like, this would be a perfect post-apocalyptic landscape. And so I've got like tons of these barren wasteland areas that I've just taken pictures of for inspiration for my games. And so I guess to go back to the original question, Santa, you should be looking for inspiration everywhere. Yeah. Not not just, I I think we tend to think of like TV and and movies and things like that and, and pictures, but the world around us has a ton of stuff. Oh yeah. That if we are just approaching it right, I mean, there's there's a lot of really cool stuff that can inspire you within the just around you. Oh, well, it's like no, you're definitely right because like the amount of times that just like talking with you guys on Discord and all of a sudden it's just like an idea pops in my head and then we just start spitballing. <laughs> like there's quite a few times. Quite a few yeah, I gotta times. keep my. I have to clean my screen off every time we have that kind of discussion. Oh, Gross. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a family friendly show. We don't need your. Now you uh, went in a completely direct. Yeah, you know, this, this show's a direct. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. Why else would you need to clean he your said, screen? Dude, off? Did you never? Oh. Did you never have a straw with paper? A what? As a kid, that's that's all I did as a kid in class. We'd sit there with we chew pieces of paper and spit them at people. That's where the term spitball comes from. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Baseball. Eh? No, never did. No, no. <laughs> well, Spitballs that too. weren't really a thing back in my in high school and uh, grade school. Yeah, we we made crossbows out of um out of elastic bands and clips. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah. Hey, if Pinnacle's make, listening, can make... you fix your fucking last parsec link? I emailed you about it. I still can't re-download the core book. Yeah. Yeah. Real fucking handy. I wish they'd fix the kerning oh, on the logo. Oh, Jesus. Just yeah. fix your shit. Um, but anyways, folks, I think, uh, no. I think that's about all the time. Unless you guys got something else. I don't. Yeah. No. But anyways, folks, that's all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, You can either follow us on Twitter if it still exists. You can also hop on our Discord, which the link will be in the description below. Or you can send me an email at rpsmartpeople at gmail.com. Just before I hop off, just letting you guys know, with December rolling around, we're probably going to not have an episode every single week because it's December. But we'll have episodes out on Monday when they do come out. And hopefully I'll be able to pop in a couple extra ones because I got some exciting stuff coming up or it'll be saved till January. Thanks again and I'll see you guys next week.